This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Thursday afternoon, October 6th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. The world of authorized deep fakes now includes an action movie star. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the latest tally of jobless claims is out. Ahead of tomorrow's government employment report for the month of September, we're joined by David Jones, the chairman of DMJ Advisors based in Denver and author of the book, Understanding Central Banking. David, thanks for joining us today. When we last spoke at 1020, it looked like the uh, markets uh, were treading water, trying to sustain the uh, momentum of this week's rally, but it would appear that ran out of steam today. Uh, anything that went on today specifically to uh, explain why this uh, this intraday, uh, the intraday trading is running out of gas? Well, I think it's uh, back to the Fed, our favorite subject, Um Uh, There was some hope, although it was only hope, that the Fed might pivot and uh, at least stop tightening for a while to see the effects of their earlier moves. But uh, we had a whole group of Fed policymakers speak uh, today uh, in particular and say, look, inflation is unacceptably high, still too high. Um, And I, I refer back to Chairman Powell's statement Uh, uh, most recent statement that without price stability, the economy doesn't work. That's a pretty strong uh, argument. And so the bottom line is uh, the Fed's going to keep at it till the job is done. And that means that we're going to get another big rate hike uh, at the early November policy meeting, 75 basis points or three quarters of a percentage point, uh, so there's no stopping on those rate hikes, and I don't think the stock market likes that. It does seem that some of these rallies are driven by wishful thinking or a very generous interpretation of the facts about whether or not a Fed pivot is coming soon rather than later. That's exactly right. The market keeps hoping against hope. We just have to remember that we had a decade of almost zero interest rates, and many people who have grown up in our financial markets, trading securities have been used to basically free credit and uh, bullish markets. Um, But when the Fed started making credit more expensive and hiking interest rates, tightening up, uh, the markets have turned bearish. And uh, many people have trouble dealing with that and keep hoping against hope that things will change. But for now, at least, it's higher rates, 
for longer. And this is above and beyond just uh, investors looking at growth versus value. I mean, this is uh, being seen on Main Street as well. I mean, who would want to get a mortgage today or buy a car or take out money to get a car? That's exactly right. And, of course, the Fed is hoping that those higher rates will cool off demand, and so that will in turn cool off inflation. But if you look back historically, it takes quite a while for that to uh, happen. And, of course, this time the Fed has been late in starting to tighten. They should have been tightening by the middle of, next, by the middle of last year and, uh, in fact, waited till the end of last year to start it. So they have to do more to catch up, and um, that simply means that people are going to pull back. David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up, exploring the growing use of so-called deep fakes. It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. So-called deep fakes are becoming more realistic and popular than ever. Even celebrities now getting in on the action. Let's learn more about what that means from Shelley Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group and the founder of the Medicare. Academy based in New York. Shelley, thanks for joining us today. In previous dis- in previous discussions about deep fakes, we've talked about the uh, pitfalls, the technology, uh, the ability to uh, fake uh, world leader statements or possibly uh, uh, be involved in uh, revenge porn or sexual abuse. I mean, that's the dark side of deep fakes. On the other Good hand, studying. they can be used, and we've learned that this week, is to allow certain iconic performers to actually live and speak forever. And and uh, yes. two actors uh, signed over their uh, likenesses and vocal rights to uh, AI companies this week. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bruce Willis signing um, with Deep Cake, it was misreported. I mean, we, we jumped on it. Apparently, they, they did create a fairly good model for Bruce Willis, but I don't think they actually licensed it, although a lot of people think they did. I think they did, but it's hard to get a straight answer. But the point is, the technology is out there. And James Earl Jones decided to retire from the voice of Darth Vader because it's easy to deepfake his voice. To your point, you can now very easily deepfake almost anything, and it's getting easier every day. And it was used for all of the um, items you listed, from revenge porn to you name it. But, it, of course, its best use uh, for Hollywood is going to be taking iconic actors and making them any age, both from a visual perspective as well as from an audio perspective. So could you imagine they remade Rogue One and had Harrison Ford as a, as a young Han Solo, as opposed to the actor who played in it, who I won't mention because I don't want to be nasty. But at the end of the day, doing that is going to become something that almost anyone can do. And if you think about this technology, it, what's important about it is that it is really close to becoming an Instagram filter. And so we're going to have to be a little careful about what we watch and what we think we're watching. And when you add that to another technology like Stable Diffusion or Dolly 2 uh, from OpenAI or Midjourney, which just won an award in, a, in, a, in an arts festival for creating art, even though it's an AI, um, we're in a new place, right? Because you're not going to know if a human created this or a human machine partner, a human with an AI helper, um, or a, a, a pure AI did it. You're just not going to know. It's, it's the AIs are writing extremely well. They're creating video extremely well, audio extremely well. Put the deep fakes together. 
it's a crazy world. And, and, five and minutes away from it. Oddly enough, Star Wars is kind of a, a pioneer in this genre. You mentioned Rogue One. Uh, Peter Cushing, who uh, died in 1994, uh, makes an appearance in Rogue One. And then yeah. I don't want to spoil the ending of season two of The Mandalorian. So if you're watching yeah, but... it, uh, turn it down and then come back. But right. uh, a de-aged uh, Luke Skywalker makes an appearance. So this is certainly something that's going to show up in genre movies, fantasy movies. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a uh, 1960s vintage William Shatner shows up in a Star Trek production before too long. That's correct. And by the way, it won't be, it's not just going to be the, the science fiction genre. It's going to be every genre of every movie. It takes creativity to another place if you allow it to. It also takes copyright into a place where, oddly enough, it can sustain. Like, usually our, our intellectual property laws or regulations in general aren't good enough for new tech. But here, you're, you know, your name and likeness or your name and likeness. And so these are if you're not in the public domain, if you're a living actor or actress, yeah, there's it, it's going to get real interesting. At a certain point, though, any movie in the public domain is going to get remade by AI with modern music and modern actors and modern everything without anyone having to do anything but feed it into the computer and letting the computer do the work, which is, um, and this isn't science fiction. I think it's important for the listeners to understand this is happening as we are talking. It's not like, oh, in the future it's going to, no, it's right now. It's right now. Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group and founder of the Med Academy based in New York. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Of course, you can find him on Twitter at Shelley Palmer. Coming up next on Technology Thursday, removing your personal information from people search sites for free. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Your personal information can be easily accessed through people search sites on the Internet. Let's find out how you can get off of them from Adam Levin, founder of Cyber scout author of the book swiped and host of the podcast what the hack with adam levin based in phoenix adam thanks for joining us today uh you hear the commercials on this radio station and i'm sure on uh, radio stations across the country saying that uh, for a fee uh, some company can remove uh, unflattering information about you from the internet and that may be a problem but for most of us if you type in your name and where you live you find your address your phone number places you you used to live in just a matter of seconds, and how can you fix that potential ID theft problem? Well, thanks for inviting me on. You know, one of the ways is instead of uh, playing free cell or solitaire or uh, Tetris or whatever you like to play online, uh, you could spend some of the time going to some of the sites like Been Verified, Spokio, My Life, Intellius, State Records, PQ, things like that. And there are there are methods that you can use. They tell you exactly how you can opt out of their program. A lot of people do it. Um, other people actually go to reputable companies that they've done a lot of research on uh, that will actually do it for you. You know, it's the old line, why would you change your oil if you can go to a place where they change your oil for you? So that's that's one of the effective ways that you can at least start the process. It's not easy because there's information about us all over the web. But there are other things that that you can do uh, that will help you minimize the trail of breadcrumbs that you leave uh, you know, across the cybersphere. And uh, how can uh, nefarious actors use this basic information, even an address you had 10 years ago, to uh, do bad things to you? Well, 
the great thing for the bad guys about your information is oftentimes certain basics never change. You use that information as part of your passwords or your user ID. And it also just gives them a clearer picture that they can present in the event they're trying to present themselves as you to someone else by being able to recite certain things about you. So the more information they get about you, think of it as as tiles on a mosaic. The more tiles they have, the more complete the mosaic, the more complete the mosaic, the more effective they can be when they're in the process of stealing your identity or they're being an imposter trying to get someone else to believe they're you. Adam Levin, founder of CyberScout, author of the book Swiped, and host of the podcast What the Hack with Adam Levin, based in Phoenix. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Technology Thursday, Tesla introduces a bipedal, that is, two legs, two feet, human robot. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden responds to the decision by OPEC Plus to cut its supply of oil. The production drop by oil producing countries will have global repercussions. Important provisions of New York State's new gun law are struck down by a judge. Technology Thursday, the artificial intelligence division of Tesla has developed a humanoid robot that features two legs. WBBM Business, the market. Markets are lower. The Dow is down 169 points. The Nasdaq is down 12. The S&P 500 down 16. AccuWeather says a high of 72 early in the afternoon. Temperatures falling. Could see some rain. Maybe a thunderstorm later this evening. Temperatures in the 40s tonight. We have 70 degrees right now under partly sunny skies at 12:31. Topping our news at the half hour. President Biden is responding to the decision of OPEC and its partners to cut its supply of oil to the market by two million barrels a day. The latest from CBS News White House correspondent Stephen Portnoy. The president says he's disappointed by the OPEC plus production cut. As he departed the White House for a trip to New York, he told reporters he has no regrets about his recent travel to Saudi Arabia. He said in July in Jeddah that he expected the Saudis to back an increase in global supply. The trip was not essentially for oil. The trip was about the Middle East and about Israel and, and rationalization of positions. But it is a disappointment and it says that there are problems. Stephen Portnoy, CBS News, Washington. A federal judge has halted key provisions of New York's gun law that restrict where people can carry weapons and require permit applications to share social media information. The state has been given three business days to seek emergency relief before a federal appellate court. The rules were part of a sweeping gun law that went into effect on September 1st. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are mixed today. We're joined by Ken Crawford, portfolio manager with Argent Capital and Clayton Missouri. Ken, thanks for joining us today. It seems like the uh, markets, after several days of a sustained rally, just ran out of good vibes today. We had um, perhaps oversold 
situations coming in the end of last month. So we had a little bit of a pickup the last few days of uh, September and then the strength beginning in October. But I think I think people are worried about what the Fed may do. And obviously, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to begin to see third quarter earnings and investors will certainly pay close attention to those numbers. And it sounds like investors uh, have two pieces of anxiety weighing down on the back of their mind. The first one is, uh, will the Fed mean what they say when they promise to continue keeping the uh, interest rate hikes going until they see uh, meaningful signs of uh, inflation easing? And the other one is, uh, is are, are the predictions of a recession, will they actually become reality? Right. And I think those are the kind of the yin and yang that is driving the market, to your point, Rob. So I think some of the strength that we saw in the last couple of days was economic news that was a little bit weaker than expected, which made investors think maybe the Fed doesn't have to be as aggressive with its interest rate hikes. But um, I think we've got several chapters to go before we figure out how this all plays out. How will the markets react to tomorrow's jobs report, uh, overwhelming and underwhelming? Well, again, I think at least of late, um, investors have been pleased with economic data that's a little bit weaker than expected. So if the jobs data was less than expected, I would expect the market to rise because, again, they would think that the Fed might be a little bit less aggressive. And on the flip side, if jobs data is better than expected, that perversely is worse for the market because it implies that the Fed has to work that much more aggressively to try to get inflation under under control. Any concerns as far as investors are concerned about the uh, news out of OPEC about uh, production cuts? I mean, they were nowhere close to uh, meeting their production quotas anyway, so that 2 million number is nowhere near uh, what the reality is going to be. But are there any concerns about uh, added strain on the economy and uh, potentially uh, goosing inflation? Yeah, I think the short answer is yes, and especially to the degree that Consumers really react when they, you know, when they pull up their car to fill up their tanks and they see $3 going to $4, $4 going to 5 etc. So uh, I think both really it affects us because there's less money in our pockets and it's more money going to the to fill up our tanks, but also psychologically, people react when they see higher gasoline prices, and and that just feeds into fears of inflation. When it comes to the fight against inflation, I mean, where do you fall as far as the uh, Fed's toolbox is concerned? I mean, are, are you on team, uh, maybe we should uh, pause for a second, or do you think it's just, uh, you know, keep uh, the inflation, the, uh, the, uh, the, the interest rate hikes will continue until morale improves? Uh, I certainly, if you listen to the Fed, they are more speaking the latter. Um, I don't know uh, your average listener, Rob, but I'm old enough to remember the late 70s and early 80s when we had stagflation and Paul Volcker, then chairman of the Fed, figured out a way to uh, rein in inflation, and that was to take the economy to the woodshed. So if Chairman Powell uh, decides that his ultimate goal is to get rid of inflation. The Fed has tools to do that. It would make for an uncomfortable economy and a bumpy ride, um, but they can certainly do that if that's their goal.
Ken Crawford, Portfolio Manager with Argent Capital in Clayton, Missouri. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, Tesla takes a detour from electric cars into the robot world. The only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's Technology Thursday. Tesla CEO Elon Musk showed off a prototype of a bipedal human robot at the company's AI Day. Let's take a closer look with Paul Hockman, President of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thanks for joining us today. It seems like every week a tech company is coming out with some type of robot. Uh, some already uh, can can display a great physical prowess. Uh, others have uh, interesting applications. Uh, what is the Tesla robot? What does it look like and what can it do? What it can do is have you and I talk about it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Words, like, they've, be, they've earned back their investment. Well, I, okay. Well, it depends on how much you value my thoughts, but but I don't know that they've earned back their investment um, unless my uh, thoughts are really, really valuable. But the point I guess I'm trying to make is Tesla and Musk, not surprisingly, who is extremely good, as we all know, this is old news, but coming out with things that make people talk about him. Um, this is no exception. And when I say that, I'm, I'm generally an open-minded guy. I am always interested in new people trying new things. I am almost never ready to denigrate or cut down anybody's attempt. And certainly Elon Musk qualifies as somebody we, got to, we have to honor for his forward thinking. But boy, this was not a successful intro. Uh, the humanoid robot that he let, it is creepy. Uh, it does seem sort of like a human being, humanoid. Um, but in, in, in its movements, its shape, and so on. But it did not perform. There are just a huge number of technologists, many of whom focus on on robots, who were just shaking their head like, you know, this as a quote, okay? Um, None of this is cutting edge, said an expert named Cynthia Young. uh, I follow her a little bit. She's a PhD. Hire some PhDs and go to some robotics conferences, Tesla. Now, one uh, professor. (laughs) This is brutal. This is like getting the Sandman at Showtime at the Apollo. Oh, you, you, ex- oh my God! I, they didn't make it to the first measure of their song. Let's put it that way. If you're using the robot, you know. <laughs> now, again, I don't. Again, here I am, you know, sort of making fun of this, and it's it's a small technical achievement for sure. But what most people noticed is people who are experts at looking at robots said this thing. They're relying on a decades-old walking method in robotics, which basically forces the robot to show, uh, slowly shift its balance from one foot to the next in a, in a crouched position. And this is familiar to anybody who was looking at robots 10 years ago. Now things are changing. I mean, we talked a, lot, a couple of weeks ago now about Cassie, an Oregon State University robot that ran a 5K quickly, that ran a, 100 meters in 20-some seconds, which is quite fast. Um, this thing could barely move. It looked like it was going to topple over. So in a nutshell, and, and by the way, the same technology was abandoned, roughly speaking, same technology, by Honda. They had a series of robots called Azimo. They were extremely creepy when it came to facial expressions, but it didn't work. And this looks the same to many experts. Is this a situation where every tech company is going to develop a robot thinking that they're going to have the robot that will be used in households and institutions in the decades to come? And do you run into the ethical conundrum where you have all of these discarded robots that may actually have consciousness? that you basically mm-hmm. you have to tell them that you've been exiled to the island of misfit robots and how do you how do you handle that may, may i say that that's a lot to unpack in 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it's but, but but that said but that said you're asking a great question and that is look where is, the, where is this all going i think is a broad question that's a valid one and the valid question is that 
where things, and by the way, Tesla and Musk's objective stated is real, and that is, can we have robots perform tasks that keep human beings from either getting injured or putting them in dangerous situations and so forth? The answer is yes. Therefore, it is worth it because there are lots of it. it we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, a robot going into a burning building to make sure that there's no person in there um, means that if it is destroyed, it's just the robot that was lost, not a firefighter, not a human being. So those are worthwhile things and all kinds of other examples. But what the big goal is, is robotics will solve problems that human beings can't without being injured or getting tired and so forth can't do. It's working already on the floor of every uh, fulfillment center for Amazon. So it's real and it's good. It's just the fact that in this case with Tesla's introduction, it's really not necessarily going to be a, no pun intended, giant step forward. Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media, former tech editor for the Today Show. Always fun to talk about uh, wonders and blunders of technology with you. Join us this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, the latest from the volatile energy market. Because money matters. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Energy industry experts are reacting to the word of a massive production cut by OPEC to try to boost prices. Let's get the perspective of Phil Flynn, senior market analyst at the Price Group and Fox Business News contributor based in Chicago. Phil, thanks for joining us today. It seems like there's an thanks. awful there, an awful lot of cross currents about how to interpret this announcement from OPEC Plus yesterday. On the one hand, that two million barrel a day number is just eye popping. On the other hand, OPEC wasn't anywhere close to meeting its production targets to begin with. So how does this translate to the real world? I think you're absolutely right. Maybe about 800,000 barrel a day cut as opposed to 2 million. You know, back in the old days, Rob, as you know, you know, OPEC always used to cheat on their production, used to overproduce, right, overproduce their quota. And then when they would raise production, uh, they would justify their overproduction and legitimize their overproduction. Now they're doing the opposite. They're legitimizing their underproduction. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't really matter because 800,000 barrel a day cut is huge. It's going to impact you and me, our gas prices. Uh, and it's a sad day because it's a day where U.S. really lost our energy independence and we're worried about what OPEC's doing again. Looking at the uh, EIA figures, uh, the United States is the number one producer and number one consumer of oil. And, and, and we've you know, done a lot to ramp up our domestic oil production over the last 40 years. Does Saudi Arabia view the United States as a market or as a competitor? It, 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 they used to... Uh, view us as a competitor, and now they're back to viewing us as a customer. And and that's the sad part of this equation. One of the biggest things that put the fear uh, into OPEC was the U.S. oil producers, the Shell Revolution. They used to try to laugh it off, don't worry about it. And then they got scared. And they were like, hey, wait a second, you guys, you better start uh, controlling your production because you're hurting us. Maybe you should you know, start your own cartel or join us. And, and so it was a totally different world. But when we backed off of that, now they're like, well, we're kind of running the show here. And I think they showed that at this OPEC meeting this week. And then when it comes to, uh, you know, what what is a break-even price for an oil-producing country? Because the price of oil had been sagging. Uh, it was well over $100 mm -hmm. a barrel earlier this year. Uh, WTI went into the 70s uh, as of last week. It's back up to about 87 or $88 a barrel now. But if you're an oil-producing country, you know, what's the price that allows you to make money and make all that investment worth it? 
it's really a moving target, you know, and it depends on the country. You know, if you look at the actual cost of bringing it out of the ground, Saudi Arabia can probably do it for 10 to $12 a barrel. But if you look at their costs and their, their budget that they need to 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 spend and meet the price of oil for Saudi Arabia, their break evens probably are closer to 70 or 75. Russia, it's a little cheaper. So it's a moving target based on how much money they're spending, how much debt they have. But but make no mistake about it, OPEC believes that the United States intervened in the market by releasing oil from the reserve. They're getting even right now. They want to take those strategic petroleum reserve barrels off the market and, and get the market back to where they think it should be trading, which is probably closer to $100 a barrel. Phil Flynn, Senior Market Analyst with The Price Group and Fox Business News Contributor. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. You'll find past programs and later today a podcast of this hour at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.